the old pilot's plane tales. The hardest job in the Air Force. We've been talking a lot recently about relationships and what it's like to be the other half of a partnership with an airline pilot. This is a little chat with a lady who understands that job very well and often described it as the hardest job in the Air Force. So, uh, Mrs. Anderson, how did you meet your pilot? I was cycling down the road one day, saw a friend of mine. Uh, There was a guy in the back seat who popped his head out of the window and took a photograph of me. Now, you didn't know he was a pilot. So when uh, our relationship developed, uh, how did you feel about uh, the possibility of uh, spending your life with someone with a flying career? Initially, it sounded very glamorous. Later, I learned a little more. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> so hopefully it didn't, uh, it didn't disappoint you too much. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was just something I knew absolutely nothing about. I'd had no contact with the military up until then. So it was a mystery. So what was it like the first time you came up to an RAF mess and spent some time with all these uh, pilots? Oh, that was hilarious. Um, They were all very gracious and introduced themselves and then proceeded to uh, launch into conversation, which I hadn't got a blooming clue what they were talking about. Everything was a bunch of acronyms and they seemed to converse a lot with their hands. Yeah, yes, the flying hands in the bar. That's uh, a well-known fighter pilot trait. Um, So you eventually decided that this bloke was going to make a good partner for life. Um, Did you really think much about that, or or was this your hormones driving your conscious mind? Oh, I think I'd fallen firmly in lust, yes. (laughs) Okay, but did did any of the practicalities about our life together... um, occur to you back then i hadn't got a clue main object was to actually be living in the same area good point so getting married cured that problem but now you were fully uh, immersed in uh, the sort of uh, flying world the military flying well how did that suit you Initially, it was something of a shock, uh, quite an adjustment. And, of course, we're talking 40-odd years ago. So the, um, the military in those days was still pretty – it was pretty old school. Um, wives worked if they could get a job. Uh, otherwise, they just sort of hoofed around the country trying to find something to do, keep themselves busy. You you were sort of expected, though, to participate in wifely duties that involved the Air Force, yes? Oh, yes, there were the joys of coffee mornings and that sort of thing, yes. And lots of interesting uh, events in the the mess, which were tremendous fun and a great deal of dressing up and uh, great parties. But you, of course, started off as a career woman. You were a teacher. Yeah, that went down the tube the day I met you, I'm afraid. So how come? Well, it was quite simple. Um, I left college and there was an enormous glut of teachers, so I went into the civil service. Um, That was fine. Uh, When we first got married, I managed to get a transfer. But the posting only lasted six months. Um, Therefore, when we moved to Lincolnshire, I was unemployed. At that point, I still didn't drive, and the nearest town had 
one bus a day to it. So no trains, no other transport. Um, so I was scuppered at that posting. Um, we then moved to Scotland, where I discovered that being a qualified teacher meant absolutely nothing. I would have had to go back to uh, to college to study for at least another year. And so it went on. Uh, we went to North Wales, where I didn't speak Welsh and therefore couldn't teach. And uh, eventually, uh, after we clocked up about eight or nine years, we produced offspring. So that meant my career was uh, never really going to take off. So um, did you ever, during those first 10 years before children appeared on the scene, ever resent the fact that you weren't able to pursue the career, your career of choice? Well, actually, I, I had some weird and wonderful jobs, um, many of which were highly amusing. Um, things like being a tree inspector on a Dutch elm disease project. That was thoroughly good fun. Traipsing over northeast Fife on foot, inspecting trees. I worked in lots of very smart hotels in places like St Andrews and met some amazing people. Um, lots of very posh golfers, uh, people like Bob Hope, just astounding and a great experience all around. But did you resent the fact that you weren't able to do the thing that you had trained for? No, I think I was having way too much fun. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's move on to children then. I mean, up to that point, we'd had what I would fondly describe as uh, a fun time without many responsibilities, enjoying everything that the Air Force could offer, yes? Oh, yeah. We had a great time. Um, there was um, a kind of camaraderie on base where, you know, if one squadron of the guys was away, then the other squadron was at home. So if your washing machine broke down, somebody else, a girlfriend whose husband was on the other squadron, he'd come and have a look at it for you and sort things out and vice versa. There was that family relationship that you have within the Air Force, that there's always somebody who'll give a hand. Now, once children appeared, you had more responsibility um, towards your family now and less towards your husband. How did that affect things? Interesting. It it happened at a very, very busy time. Our firstborn was born in the middle of the uh, QI course. And that was bonkers because if he hadn't arrived on a Saturday, I don't think you'd have been there. Um, I remember you bringing me home from hospital and having to rush straight back to work. And if it hadn't have been for the fact that a very good friend happened to meet me on our driveway, I would have been in pieces by the end of the day. As it was, she just fed me a glass of sherry. <laughs> yes, the usual Air Force cure all. Um, it was tough uh, and tough for both of us because I was pursuing a career and was in a particularly difficult place work-wise. Uh, and yet you had this babe in arms. How much pressure did you feel under? I didn't feel pressure um, because, as I say, the, the Air Force was very, or the, the girls, the wives, were very supportive of one another, which was the huge advantage of living on the married patch. It meant that if you were having problems, there would be somebody who'd pop around and have a natter or say, oh, yeah, mine did that and, and this is what I did. Try that. That sort of thing. It's uh, 
was extremely helpful. But it did mean that you missed out a lot on the early years of your children. I have to uh, agree with that. But there were other things you did. Uh, can you remember times when I wasn't around to take uh, or help with some of the major events like moving house? <laughs> yeah, some of my favorites. Yes, there's nothing quite like moving into a married quarter on your own. Your husband's somewhere else in the world and you're trying to convince uh, the family's officer that you need various things fixing or sorting out. Um, so yes, that, that could be challenging. And now and again, you really had to stand up for yourself. Um, you uh, had to uh, complete entire house moves all on your own. For example, I, I basically left you uh, to move from Australia to the UK with two very young children, which you accomplished entirely on your own, yes? Yes, that, that was a challenge. Yet again, friends were amazing. Um, they, in Australia, helped me clean my quarter, um, helped me move into a, um, a motel for a few days, looked after me, delivered me to the airport. Uh, I then got down to Sydney and stayed with yet more friends who delivered me to the airport there. I uh, managed to fly across to Hong Kong Stayed three weeks with some very good friends there and got my sanity back together. They put me on an aeroplane, which was a trooper, which was very entertaining because everybody else on it, bar one lady with three kids, um, was a young serviceman just on an, an average trooper. There was very little service, very few flight attendants. And I was stuck with a baby who is fast asleep on the seat and a small boy who needed to go to the loo. And there's just no help for it because he appears walking down the corridor and he couldn't get his trousers back on, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I was. And where was I at the time? Oh, you were on a jolly in Malaysia. Well, I was on an exercise in Malaysia, but yes, yeah. let's call it a jolly. That's fine. No problem. I think there were a great deal uh, of satay eating and beer swilling things going on as well as the exercise. Well, we don't fly 24 hours a day. Um, moving on, um, <laughs> back to the United Kingdom, and we finally uh, finished up our Air Force career, and I decided to move to the civvy world. Um, did that worry you at all? It worried me when we had 10 months of you being unemployed. That was a bit scary because we'd you'd, you'd made the decision to go. We'd had long conversations about it. And we had to make that decision a full 12 months before uh, it actually happened. In which time um, it had transpired that there were very few jobs available in the civvy world. And that was scary. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel then uh, in your role as a partner in our relationship? Um, again, a supportive role. I think I had to um, basically help you through it as well, because you were naturally feeling very nervous about the whole procedure. You've managed to go through your courses, you've managed to get your qualifications sorted out. But there was just this gap in the market. There was nobody looking for pilots. And that was a, a very scary point because we left the Air Force with a finite amount of funding and suddenly it was being spent quite fast. 
in the civvy world, you lost that enormous um, family of, of friends uh, that we used to uh, pitch in and help out in the military world. Did you feel that you're, you're, you were on your own a lot more? Yeah, that was a bit of a shocker. Um, I was so used to having the girls around me who would uh, support me in various things. Um, so, yes, suddenly I was amongst people who hadn't got a clue what I was doing or what you were doing. They didn't understand things like you don't have weekends when you have a husband who's a long-haul pilot. Um, a lot of things just didn't gel initially. We'd also moved to a place where I knew nobody. Um, so it, it took a lot of adjustments on both our sides as well. You were still working um, and still hadn't been able to get a job as a teacher. Um, well, I did eventually get some part-time jobs, but uh, yes, they were very different. Uh, one was just a shop job to um, to fill in some hours and get a bit of pocket money. Um, but after that, I managed to get some rather more interesting jobs. Like what? Um, well, I uh, went back to the civil service, but working for the Forestry Commission, which was fascinating because uh, my basic qualification was uh, a teacher, but my main subject being biological sciences. So I found that fascinating and I had... Uh, a great time doing that job but then of course we came to the point where your mum was very poorly and uh, I couldn't keep on dropping my job to run home every time something went wrong there so that was when I had to uh, leave the commission. Looking back though and comparing our first 10 years or so in the civvy world was it easier or harder than it had been in the military? Harder in some ways when we were in Australia, there was the lovely situation where you would walk in the door at six o'clock, um, our meal would be on the table by about 10 past, kids would be in the bath by seven o'clock, and then we had that lovely evening to ourselves. But there, w there was a very set way of doing things, and we had a, a lovely routine. We'd take the kids off around the Air Force, uh, Air Force Base on our bicycles and show them the kangaroos in the evening. So we had a family life. When we got back to the UK, uh, you had a more responsible job and you were lucky if you actually saw your children during the uh, daylight hours. Certainly you were off at the crack of dawn, very often not home until they were back in bed. So that was the toughest bit for me. Fortunately, though, we lived back in a village I knew, on a base we knew, and uh, so we did okay. But once we were moved into the world of the, the civilian pilot and without any of that support or familiarity, um, how did things change? Um, that got tough because I was in new territory. Um, the kids were growing up fast. They were quite demanding, as small boys will be. You become a taxi service for your offspring. And you still have a house to run, which is rather different to living in an Air Force quarter. So, yes, lots of adapting all the time. You, you're always changing and getting used to the fact that you weren't just down the road on the base. You could be anywhere in the world, really. Um, so if your son walks in the door and his chin's bleeding and he's just 
basically come off his skateboard. You're the only person who can deal with it, and it means you have to organise everything. You make it sound a little like being a single parent. Very like being a single parent on occasions, yeah. And if you're a person not up to taking that kind of load, what pressure would it put upon a relationship? A considerable amount. I mean, people, wives in the Air Force, who couldn't get a handle on the fact that they had to be responsible for nearly everything in the house, from you know, washing up the breakfast to paying all the bills and dealing with the bank, suddenly you find yourself in a situation where you have all the responsibilities of the family life because your husband's not in the country, so he's not much use. Well, some might say they're never much use, but let's not go into that. Let's not. Um, so there seems to be uh, emerging quite a definite um, definition of our roles. So I was the pilot. I was going to work and disappearing off. Mm -hmm. And everything that was left at home fell into your lap was your responsibility. All the domestic trivia was mine. Well, you call it that, but we're talking dealing with banks, dealing with the kids and all their medical problems, dealing with tax returns, anything that came <laughs> in through the door, you basically looked after and sorted, yes? Yeah. So you were effectively um, my bank manager, uh, my medic, my... Um, psychiatric support uh the bringer up of my children you made all the decisions uh with regards schooling uh you were there at the peach teacher um parent evenings um you were the ones moving the kids around doing everything it sounds like more than a full-time job oh it is yes um and that i think is where um new wives with small children now have even more pressure on them because they're also expected to hold down a decent job. If, use your imagination, if the roles had been reversed and you were the pilot, what kind of a husband would you be looking for because of your understanding now of what he would have to do whilst you were away on a flight? He would need to be very adaptable, very accepting. I mean, I know one young lady who found it very hard to find a stable relationship because the guys she met couldn't handle the fact that she wasn't around on a Friday and Saturday night to do the normal going out and entertaining. Uh, suddenly they were in a situation where she could be anywhere and they didn't like that. Yeah, okay. Now, um, our relationship with regards uh, us as working people is coming towards an end. Um, how do you expect things to change in the next few years? Well, I think it's going to take the best part of a year for you to just come down um, from the, the constant pressure, because let's put, put it very frankly, flying is a tough job. Uh, people imagine that it's incredibly glamorous. They see this chap walking through in a smart uniform with lots of stripes on his shoulders or his sleeves. And they think that's a glamorous job. You're going to all sorts of countries all over the world. What they don't see is what we wives see. Uh, for instance, you'll be away from a trip. I'll have four nights good sleep. You'll fly through two nights and you'll get two nights interrupted sleep in a hotel 
is it any wonder that you come back exhausted? So those sort of pressures are going to be off, which will be fantastic. Um, it'll take you a long time to get used to being at home. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you very much indeed. I hope, hope that uh, opens up food for thought on the show. And many thanks for opening up to us. Okay. Well, my thanks to Mrs. Anderson for giving up her time and talking so frankly about a relationship that's lasted nearly 45 years. If you enjoyed the story, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Plane Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy show. Find us at airlinepilotguy.com.